Welcome to the Residential Movement. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Maciejewski, a house call dentist with a lot of passion for dental home care. I'm here to encourage, equip, and empower dentists like you to begin offering dental services at the residences of patients who are best served at home. Listen in as we talk dentistry, business, ethics, mindset, and more, and learn how you can become a part of the residential movement. Do you want to own your own dental practice? How often does someone ask you this? You know that this is such a common question that dental students, young dentists, or pretty much any dentist gets asked anytime they meet someone new. If you're a dentist without a practice, people just assume that you don't have your own practice yet. I guess this assumption has some merit because today, 77% of dentists are practice owners. There's a lot of entrepreneurial spirit amongst dentists, especially relative to other healthcare professionals. In medicine, only 44% of physicians are self-employed. So chances are you are a practice owner. While 77% is the vast majority, there's actually been a significant decrease in dental practice ownership lately. I remember learning that over 80% of dentists were practice owners just a few years ago when I was in school. So based on that decrease, there's also a pretty good chance that you are not a dental practice owner yet, or that you're actually completely uninterested in practice ownership altogether. One reason practice ownership is decreasing is due to the rise of DSOs and larger health groups. But that isn't the only reason. I think that a lot of elements of a traditional dental practice are frankly huge turnoffs to younger dentists. Hear me out. I'm going to discuss the top six cons to owning a traditional dental practice. Number one, the traditional private practice model is designed to meet the needs of most patients, but not all patients. You might want to focus your career working with patients who have historically fallen through the cracks. Point two, the traditional private practice model involves a large investment upfront of either cash, years of sweat equity, or usually a big old pile of debt from the bank, as if you need any more of that. Number three, these private practices have a team from hygienists and assistants to front desk staff and office managers. I don't know about you, but I certainly wasn't taught how to manage employees and all of their personalities. This can be a stressful task, especially considering that their performance and reliability is directly correlated with the success of your business. Number three leads us to number four. This team is your largest overhead expense. A traditional private practice runs with about 50 to 60% overhead. This means you better be busy because you have a lot of expenses. Private practice docs might end up being double booked from time to time. If you run behind, there will be patients lined up in the waiting room. Plus, the hygienists are waiting on you and they don't want to run behind either. Some days can be a stressful mess. Number five, traditional practices usually have rigid hours. You agree to be at one location for a set amount of time. So what if you need to run to the bank or to the store or if you want to do laundry at home? Too bad. You've got to be there for your staff. Here in New York, hygienists need access to a dentist while they're working. So even if your patients don't show up, you are stuck there. It's like being stuck in work jail and it's your own business. Finally, point number six. Owning a traditional private practice has some type of real estate component. You either pay rent, which you do not determine and is subject to change, or you enter into the commercial real estate business and get a mortgage payment. Now you're married to a location and have the liability of the building and repairs. I hope you're handy. 
After considering all of these components of traditional private practice ownership, the practice can begin to sound like a lot more trouble than it's worth. So during dental school and right after graduation, when people would ask me, do you want to own your own dental practice? My answer was always firmly no. No way, no thanks, not interested. I became a dentist because I want to increase access to care. I wanted to treat patients that most traditional practices were not equipped or not willing to treat. So in my head, private practice was out. My plan was to become an employee at a hospital or public health facility and remain an employee there forever. At the time, I really believed this was the best and only way to have a fulfilling career. So that is the path I hopped on. My public health career began immediately after school when I matched to my dream residency at ECMC in my hometown of Buffalo, New York. It's a hospital with an outstanding oral oncology department, level one trauma center, and a long-term care facility right on campus. It's also a social safety net hospital that accepts state insurance. We treated patients in a traditional ambulatory setting, but also did bedside consults and operating room cases. I was treating patients with head and neck trauma, head and neck cancer, people with special needs, patients in long-term care, patients who were incarcerated, and patients with economic disadvantages. This program was my dream come true. That's the kind of dentistry I love doing, and I was working with the patient populations who I love serving. I loved it so much that during 2019, I agreed to begin a hospital contract at another local hospital right after residency. Residency was all hunky-dory until March of 2020 when... Well, you know what happened that year. Now I have to admit, COVID was terrible and sad, but if a pandemic was going to happen at any point in my career, the timing really couldn't have been any better. As a resident, I was lucky enough to be an essential hospital employee, so I didn't lose my job. When dental offices in town had to shut down, all I heard about were stories of associate dentists being furloughed and private practice owners panicking about how to pay their bills. Their panic made me feel even better about pursuing hospital dentistry. Gotta love that job security, right? Still, during residency, I had started thinking about dental home care. We were doing bedside consults for patients who I knew would never be able to get to the dentist once they were discharged. Then, one of my uncles asked me to make him dentures because he was homebound at the time. I wasn't licensed yet, so I couldn't make them, but his question got my wheels turning. Around that same time, my sister had an issue transferring from her wheelchair at our family's dentist's office. My curiosity about dental house calls was at an all-time high. I loved the idea of visiting people who are homebound and offering services that I knew were not offered in my community. I scoured Google. I didn't find much, but I eventually stumbled across the website of a dentist doing house calls in New York City. I was so excited to find someone who was actually making a living doing this stuff. This concept was so foreign to me. I hadn't learned about dentists earning a living this way during dental school at all. As residency ended, I found out that the hospital I contracted with couldn't employ me right away due to issues with staffing and the post-COVID credentialing delays. So much for job security, right? Once I realized that no job was secure, even for a dentist, I decided to commit to pursuing dental home care. That next year, I worked full-time in public health and part-time in private practices and urgent dental centers. I worked at least 60 hours each week to save and invest in my dental home care practice, Accommodental. So now, to the surprise of myself and everyone who knows me, I do have my own dental practice, but it's a very different kind of dental practice. If you're already a private practice owner and you love it, that is wonderful. If you aren't a private practice owner and you're working as an associate or in public health, 
That is also wonderful. Every career path has its pros and cons, but they're all necessary. It takes all kinds. I get it. I've had roles as an owner, an associate, a contractor, and in public health. Some have been part-time, some have been full-time. Heck, I still spend a few hours each week chairside just for fun. That's the thing about dentistry. Your career is whatever you make of it. Ultimately, it's just very important that you do what makes you happy. But what if you aren't happy? What if you're feeling the itch toward owning a practice, but you're turned off by the six points that I listed earlier? Or maybe you are happy in your current role, but you want to spice things up. Luckily, there is another option. You can still be a practice owner. You just have to be a practice owner in a blue ocean. Opening your own dental home care practice is like being a shark swimming in a blue ocean. I promise I am not making things up here. Just stay with me. Blue Ocean Strategy is a business book written by Renee Mauborn and W. Chan Kim. In the book, they explain that the marketplace has two types of markets, or oceans. In order to help you understand this theory, I'm going to ask you to imagine that you are a shark. You're a hungry shark hunting in the ocean, and you find yourself in red water, a red ocean. This means you've just entered a bloody, competitive, shark-infested feeding frenzy. You're surrounded by other sharks who are all competing for the finite number of fish that are being preyed upon. There are only so many fish to eat, and as more sharks show up, each shark gets fewer and fewer fish. All you can do is compete with the others for the limited supply. Conversely, imagine hunting in a blue ocean. You're the only shark around. Everything is vast and clear. You're not even sure exactly what's out there. Maybe there's nothing out there, and you'll be hungry forever. Or maybe, now that you've left the pack, you'll stumble upon something to eat, and you'll have a feast all to yourself. Are you starting to see the difference between a red ocean market and a blue ocean market? They are totally opposite scenarios. A red ocean market would be the traditional private practice model. These companies exist to treat the same types of patients. As more practices open in one community, they're not increasing the number of patients in that area. They're simply competing for a finite number of patients. One practice's gain will result in the other's loss. A blue ocean market would be like entering into the field of dental home care. There are many unknowns, but there is tremendous opportunity. The dental home care practice exists to serve patients who do not have an abundance of options. You are meeting an unmet need. Opening a business with a blue ocean strategy in mind means that you're creating a demand for a service that didn't previously exist, rather than competing within an existing model. You're creating, not competing. Isn't that beautiful? Side note, for the benefit of society, I do hope that someday this field does become more competitive because that would mean that patients at home have an abundance of choices. Obviously, I'm here because I want to make dental home care normal, not novel or niche. If you have more questions about Blue Ocean Theory, order a copy of the book from a link in the show notes. Opening your own house call dental service is like venturing into the perfect blue ocean that varies so much from a traditional dental practice. Think about all of the ways in which these two practice models are completely different. Here are the six benefits of owning your own mobile dental practice, the converse of the points we listed before. Number one, home care dental practices exist to meet the needs of patients who cannot get to the dentist. This is not the majority of patients, but it's a patient group that needs care and has been neglected by the traditional practice model. Number two, a mobile dental practice has an incredibly low startup cost. No more waiting for years or accumulating more debt. Three, it's possible to run a dental home care practice without any employees. Your success is based on your reliability and your performance alone. Plus, if you decide to outsource, you can find contractors. 
Point number four. A dental home care service has extremely low overhead. The profit margin can be anywhere from 70% to 85%, depending on the specifics of your practice. Number five, you're dedicated to one person and their family for an extended period of time. There is no rushing. You'll never have to worry about a waiting room full of people. Plus, you can schedule your visits whenever you'd like. This model offers a ton of time freedom and flexibility. Number six, a dental home care service is real estate independent. You can pack up equipment at your home in the morning and return back home at the end of the day. Not only are you off the hook for real estate expenses, you can write off part of your personal residence. See what I mean? Dental home care is an incredibly different dental model. It's the only practice ownership model I felt comfortable pursuing, and I'm so glad that I did. I really hope you consider it. If you're curious about how life as a house call dentist might work, grab my free scheduling template called A Day in the Life of a House Call Dentist. It's based on my days. Grab the download at residentalmovement.com slash a day in the life. Ultimately, whether you decide to pursue dental home care or not, you can still support the patients who need at-home dental care by contributing to the Home Smile Care Foundation. This is an organization founded by myself and my loved ones to provide grants to patients who cannot afford dental home care. Check out homesmilecarefoundation.org for more information. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Residential Movement. I'm beyond grateful that you decided to share this time with me today. I appreciate you. That's a wrap on this episode of The Residential Movement. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to stay updated and leave me a review. If you know someone who could benefit from this info, please share this with them. All of these actions help fuel the residential movement. Thanks again for listening, Doc. Keep up the good work.